Welcome back, Schmodown fans, to another episode of Talkin' Schmodown. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and this is episode 19 of Talkin' Schmodown. We got a lot of stuff to talk about today. A couple of great matches that went on, some uh, some big news that uh, that took place over the last week. So uh, I'm pretty excited, and I hope you guys are too. So without further ado, let's get ready to talk Schmodown. Alright everybody, let's get into it. We got some news from this week. Uh, the Schmodown Collision 3 has officially been set and will live stream on June 22nd. So it's a, it's a month from tomorrow. We'll get the third collision. Uh, and I'm real excited for this one. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great time. I love these the big the big events that they do, like uh, the Collision and the Spectacular and all that stuff, the free-for-all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, those tend to be some of the best ones because, you know, Christian really goes all out for those. So I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, he also set a date for the second New York live show, uh, which will take place on August 31st uh, in Manhattan this time. And will feature two first-round matches uh, of the Ultimate Schmodown Tournament. So uh, make sure you head on over to uh, theschmodownlive.com and grab your tickets for uh, the New York Live show before they sell out. Last time they sold out real quick. So uh, you know if there's any left, make sure you grab them now. And speaking of live shows, uh, it looks like we have a uh, tentatively scheduled... A live show for Arizona for this October, and uh, from what Christian was saying on Collider Live, he wants uh, the main event to be the Wild Berries versus Late to the Party. I think that would be a fantastic match. Uh, I'm really, I really hope that this happens. Uh, I, I I love the Wild Berries and I love Late to the Party, and I think that they would just put on just a real fun show. Uh, together so and it being in Arizona that's great for late to the party because it's right there it's where they live so that would be really interesting and maybe have like uh, an undercard with like uh, Chance Ellison because I know he's from there as well so something like that would be kind of cool also uh, Christian Harloff revealed the next five months of exhibition matches in no particular order we'll have Harry Potter which actually will be taking place at the end of this month Disney Pixar, Star Trek, new releases, uh, and a Rocky title match uh, between, uh, I believe it was uh, JTE and Christian. Christian himself uh, is going to be in this one. Now, personally, I have a little bit of an issue with the uh, Rocky title match, mainly because we literally just saw a Rocky match, a Rocky exhibition match, between JTE 
and uh, Tom Dagnino. Also, why do we need a title match? Why does Rocky deserve to have a title? Uh, I know, like, I, I brought this up uh, in the uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown Facebook page, and, and Christian ended up commenting on it, saying, you know, it's exhibition, it's not, you know, normal gameplay, but if, you know, if, if since that's the case, why does it why does it need to be a title match? You know, I, I, f- I feel like it's just redundant, because we just saw a Rocky match, and it seems uh, kind of like Christian's just, he just wants to have a match. He he wants to be in, in this this Rocky match, uh, and that's the only reason that it's happening like this, you know, and it's like you could have had another uh, exhibition match in its place, something something different, something else that people would have rather seen. Heck, you know, give me give me a James Bond exhibition match uh, over over this Rocky one, you know, that that we literally just saw. So I I don't know, I I wasn't thrilled about that one. I thought that was kind of. Kind of, kind of, kind of shitty that uh, we're getting another Rocky match just so Christian can have, you know, have a look at, it, you know, have, have his play at it. But whatever, you know, he runs, he runs the show. It's his, it's his game, so you know, it is what it is. But you know, personally, I, I don't see why these exhibition matches need titles. You know, that, that's the whole point. They're exhibition matches. You know, they're they're not they're they're not, if they're not a normal league, if it's not like Star Wars. You know where it's going to be. You know where you're going to have these this title be defended every you know every so often. Then what's the point? You know you just have a fun you know match that's centered around a certain topic. That's fun, but why do we have to revisit? Especially it was just a couple of months ago. It's like how about you wait till next year or even the end of you know way at the end. I think. Next year, I don't think you should repeat the same exhibition match uh, uh, category in the same year. Personally, I, I think that's kind of kind of stupid. But again, not my show. So, moving on. Uh, also, the Patreon AMA with Emma Fife is officially up for patrons. So go and check that out. She dives, you know, she answers all kinds of questions from the patrons. Uh, she kind of dives deep into all that stuff, so uh, check that out. I love listening to uh, Emma kind of give her thoughts and, and kind of talk and, and give a little bit of reveal about stuff, so give uh, that AMA uh, a check out over on the Patreon. If you're not uh, subscribed to the Patreon, please do so. Come on. You know, you can, $1 a month. You know, you can do that. You can walk around and collect some empty cans, and you can get yourself a dollar a month. You can probably pick up loose change off the ground and get yourself a dollar a month, be honest with you. So, you know, get, get on it. You can do it. You know, there's no excuse. We also saw a new episode of Inside Schmodown with Andrew Guy as the guest. Uh, they start off talking about the history of Guy and uh, the downfall of team action. Uh, you know, he, he really lays into Ben, calls him a traitor, all this stuff. You know, same kind of thing he's been he's been saying for... For a while now, really. Uh, they talk about the Chicago show, the slap heard around the world, uh, and him popping up on the screen after, and everything like that, everything that went down there. He went on to talk about the Houston show that, uh, that happened this past weekend. Uh, hadn't obviously happened at the time of this uh, showing, but you know they were talking about it, the up, uh, what was at that time the upcoming Houston show, and how Booker T has 
his back, how he's in uh, Andrew Guy's corner. He's a guy guy. Or as uh, uh, Roxy put it, you know, hashtag guy girl. Uh, he, he kind of talks about how Booker T laid down the rules, which uh, he actually that you, you actually get a video for at the beginning of the first match, the Kevin Smets and uh, Hector, Hector Navarro match. You actually get a video about this, um, where Booker T kind of lays down the rules. You know, no teammates, no factions, all that stuff, no suspensions. What happens in the ring happens in the ring. It is Booker's house, and what he says goes. And speaking of Booker T, uh, he recently on his show Hall of Fame, he uh, kind of talked about the upcoming match that just that just took place and, and everything that was going to be going down in Houston. I kind of mentioned it last week, but uh, it's up on the Movie Trivia Showdown YouTube channel right now. It's about six minutes long. Him and Brad Gilmore are just kind of talking about the showdown and. Uh, Kind of how you know getting into it and that kind of stuff and 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 what what's going to happen uh you know for what did happen on Saturday but it was, like I said before it's it, all this happened before that so so check that out if you're interested in uh, Booker's thoughts uh, on it and everything obviously it's you know a little probably a little late at this point because the match already happened but if you have not watched the uh, Houston show. Go give that a watch. It'll be it'll be uh, it's fun to kind of get everything in order to see how the progression goes. So uh, check that out if you haven't. Also, uh, something else out technically outside of the schmodown, but still obviously deals with it. On the recent episode of the Action Guys, which is uh, Ben Bateman and Andrew Guy's uh, show over on Collider. Uh, they had Christian Harloff on. This was a special episode, and it was titled Christian Harloff Talks Rise and Fall of Team Action. And it's kind of almost like a like a one-on-one, or I guess in this case like a one-on-two, uh, you know, where Christian's kind of like almost like interviewing the guys from Team Action, or the former Team Action. And they're really kind of getting into it. And the thing I love about these guys is they really know how to keep the kayfabe. You know, it's like they have to, you know, they do this show. They're, con- you know, they're obligated by contract to still work together. So, and even in their show, they, they kind of uh, do stuff like that. It's really fun listening to them do their do their thing like that. And uh, so, you know, Christian's really, he gets into it. He gets deep into it. Guy doesn't hold back. And with that, uh, Ben actually sounded like he was getting pretty heated during it. I don't know if it was, you know, if there, if it was kayfabe, if this was, uh, you know, if this was a shoot. I don't know, but he sounded like he was getting pretty heated during this interview. So if you have not listened to it, go check out the Action Guys episode with Christian Harloff. It was it was a good episode. Uh, it was, I, I, I really dug it and you'll see what I mean by, uh, Ben kind of getting heated over, over the things that, that, that went down. So we get into the first match and it is the inner geekdom match between Kevin Smets and Hector Navarro. Kevin Smets has been trying to lock down Hector Navarro for a while now. Uh, he's been, he's been wanting to take on the former champ and he finally got his match. So uh, the video opens, like I said before, with a, with a bit of Booker T. He's promoting the Houston match. Like I said, he gives the rules. No teammates, no factions, no suspensions. It was a, it was a nice little promo for it, so it was nice to see Booker back uh, promoting on the on the Schmodown. You know, since the days 
way back when he used to uh, come on and do his thing, and he would kind of like, give his thoughts. I miss I miss that when, when they used to do that. So it was nice to see him back uh, back on the show. And okay, so before we get into the actual match, I gotta say. While watching the promos, uh, you know, the back and forth promos, uh, the beginning of this uh, match, I gotta say, Kaiser is a fantastic mouthpiece. I, I, you know, I, I don't really know much about him outside of this. I don't know, like, what his background is or anything like that, but this dude, he's got it. You know, he, he understands it. He, he I, It wouldn't surprise me if he's got some sort of wrestling background, uh, whether it's as a manager or as a worker, you know. But he, he's fantastic on the mic. It's, 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 it's just, he's, he's definitely one of the best. But what I love about Kevin Smets is that he doesn't actually need Kaiser as a mouthpiece. He has Kaiser as a mouthpiece, mouthpiece so that, he can focus on the trivia. So he doesn't have to be talking all the smack. He can be locked in and, and just do what he does. He can just smash and do what he does. So and That's why I love these guys. They are perfect together. But like I said, you know, if, if Kaiser wasn't there, Smets could still talk you know, the game. He, 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 he's still good at that. He's good on the mic. And, and I think those are the best teams, you know, the best uh, competitor manager, manager teams, is where it's not necessary, but they still are able to complement one another. You know, it's like Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, he, he, he sucks on the mic, you know, so he needs his Paul Heyman, you know. So if Paul's not there and they try to get Brock on the mic, that's a, that's a no-go. Now... Kaiser is like the Paul Heyman of this league, definitely. He's got that same, he's on that level, definitely. But Kaiser is not, uh, he, he's not a Brock Lesnar. Maybe in talent, like he is destroying the competition. But he can talk on the mic with the rest of these guys. He, he is he's great on it. And uh, so I think pairing them together like that, I think, perfect. I think it's some great synergy, and, and I and I love what they've been doing uh, with one another. So out first is Kevin the Smasher Smets with his manager Kaiser, and then out co- after that comes Hector the Nightmare Navarro. Uh, it's been a while since he's been in competition. The crowd still loves him, and he still has that energy like he always did. You know, you if if you didn't know any better, you you wouldn't think that he had missed a, missed a day. You know, he's still out there doing his thing. Looks like he he belongs there. Uh, and then we get into some gameplay. I mean, really, that that's where it all kind of falls apart for for Hector, unfortunately. Uh, so we get in there. Hector needs a new marker right off the bat. He tries to, uh, you know, write down his first answer. He needs a new marker, which I thought was really funny. Uh, you don't see that very often. You would think that before they started a, a match, they would test out the markers. Or if anything, the competitor should be testing out the markers before the match actually starts, just to be on the safe side. So, you know, they both answer their first question. Then Hector hits, uh, you know, a string of a couple misses gets a question miss you know another string of a couple misses 
you know, we get all the way down, you know, six questions in and Hector's only got two points at this point, you know, six out of 10 questions and, and he's only locked down two points. That's, that's not good. Uh, at, at that point, Smets already has five. He, he only missed uh, one question and it was the one about uh, the sword that cut off Sauron's hand, uh, you know, like who, who did it belong to essentially? Um, and neither of them got it right. Uh, I, I believe Kevin gave like the name of the sword. It was the sword of, I, I'm not even going to try to pretend I remember what the answer was, but it was the sword of something, but they wanted like the, like the character who, who was wielding the sword, I believe. Um, so neither of them got that one right. And if it wasn't for that one question, Smets would have rolled away with a with a perfect round. You know, that, that's how dominant this guy is. He ends up nine questions or nine points out of out of the possible ten. And that's just impressive to me. This guy is a beast. And he knew like what the name of the damn sword was. Uh and so I think that maybe if he'd thought about it or maybe the question was maybe just a slightly clearer, uh maybe he would have gotten it. I don't know. Um, so we end round one, uh, Hector, six points, Kevin, nine points. Smets had a great round. Navarro had a rough start, like I said, but he, you know, he picked it up a bit in the back half. Just kind of went on a roll, uh, from that back half, answering four in a row, uh, from that back half. Like I said, you know, he, he went six questions, only went, wound up with two points, but then he managed to answer the final four, uh, boom, 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 boom. He got all those correct. So at least... He, he wasn't too far behind. He had a three-point deficit at the end of round one, which isn't impossible to come back from in, in, in any way. In any way uh, it can be done. You just have to work hard in, in the second round and hope that, uh, you know, that, that things turn your way. So round two comes up. We get Kevin Smets up first, and he spins opponent's choice. So, you know, right off the bat, you're like, oh, man, this, this could be rough for, for Kevin. But then I'm like, I'm looking at the, at the wheel and I'm like, there's not really anything on there that I would feel comfortable giving him that I didn't think he would know. They're the only category that was on the wheel that I was like, oh, that, that one might be a little tough was who said it. And that's the category that Hector chose. Um, I thought, at first, I thought, well, maybe mixed bag. But even that, I don't think so. Because it's just general knowledge about all these topics. And that's the thing. He doesn't really have a weakness in, in, in this game. You know, he there aren't any of these topics that he doesn't really know. He knows these topics. So mixed bag, it's just... You know, it, it may take him a minute because it's not all in one category, so he has to kind of, you know, maybe think through things a little bit differently. But that's why I thought, you know, who said it may be the one that could take him down, you know, because it's all, it's all quotes. You know, you got, you, it's, a, it's as he says uh, in his post-game interview, who said it, like the, the, the quote, movie quotes, it, it, you can't study it the same way. It's all about your general knowledge, so... But, you know, luckily for Kevin, he, he, you know, without the, you know, being too punny, he smashed this category going four for five. You know, he got his first four right, two points each, eight points. Uh, He did miss his final question, 
Uh, he did go multiple choice, though, and only allowed a one-point steal uh, for Navarro. Ending that portion of round two, 7-17, to 17, so he's up 10, 10 points right there at the end. You know, meaning that in, just in order to tie, Hector would need to get all five two-pointers correct uh, just, just to tie. You know, so no matter what, he's either going to be tied or be in the lead going into, you know, into round three. So, you know, I'm sure he at this point he was feeling real good about himself. You know, I know I would because I was very impressed by what he did. You know, he, he may have stumbled in that last question, but like I said, he only gave up one point. So it, it's not a huge deal. He could have gave up a two point steal, which, you know, that's a lot, you know, a lot bigger uh, and a lot more devastating to uh, you know at times to give up. So then we move on to Hector, who spins Harry Potter and stays, or does he? The crowd begins to kind of get a little bit uproarious and shouts out and letting him know that he could respin. Apparently, you know he's had a lot of time off. It's been a while. He forgot that he could respin uh, because. Kevin didn't wind up having to do that. Kevin got opponent's choice right off the bat. So he didn't see Kevin like re-spin, so it wasn't in his mind that he even could. So he goes back up. They allow him to, to re-spin, even though like technically the time, allotted time had passed. Kaiser was not happy about this. He, he went up to the desk. He was not thrilled that they let him do it. Um, but, so th- but they did, and he ends up with Middle Earth and... Uh, Kaiser was fine with that because, as they say in their post-game interview, uh, this is not a category that that Hector is good in. Um, he, he's he's proven to not do very well in Middle Earth, and you know it is what it is at this point. Unfortunately for Hector, he misses all four of his questions. Uh, he went to multiple choice twice, and. Kevin was able to steal all four questions. Six total points he stole, giving Kevin Smets the win at the end of round two. Didn't even get to question five. You know, Navarro only got through four questions, and Smets wins via KO, seven to 21. That's a 14 point difference. And so that extra, that last question wouldn't have mattered, and that, and that's the whole point. So Kevin Smets just again living up to his name. He smashed uh, Hector Navarro. Uh, the funny thing about this, so question four is asked, and you know Hector does not know it. I think he, I think he throws out a guess because he didn't go to multiple choice. So I think he threw out a guess, and. As soon as he threw out the the wrong answer, Smets answered it correctly, says, give me Kalinowski, stands up, and walks right out the curtain. Just like, boom. And he is out the door. So he he, he, he knew what he, what he was doing. He I'm sure he planned that the whole time. It's like, if it comes down to it, boom, I'm just, give me Kalinowski, and I'm out. And he did. And he, you know what? He deserves Kalinowski. You know, Smets is living up to this nickname. He is just smashing, like I said, smashing the competition. He truly is. He's one of the greats. You know, he's o- he's a rookie. He's only been there, you know, what, this is his third match? 
But it was third, like, normal match. He was also in the free-for-all, but, you know, we're not going to kind of talk about that. But this is his third match, his third win, his third knockout. You know, this this dude is just plowing through the competition. And can he KO Mike, KO Kalinowski? You know, uh, Mike is the only one between him and a title match against Rachel Cushing. So Smets is going to give give it everything. He's gonna he's going to study his ass off doing whatever this weird studying procedure that he apparently does. Uh, some cr- apparently it's some real crazy way of studying for this stuff, but it seems to be paying off because he is just destroying. This is a guy who tried out via Patreon and was denied. Christian told him he wasn't ready. You know he came he came out. He was dressed like the Macho Man, doing his shtick. And just, just he, it wasn't there. I think he was too focused on like the gimmick and trying, trying to impress, and, and just his the knowledge base wasn't shown there. So what did he do? He drew. He went into the fan leagues, and he rose up through the fan leagues, went undefeated, and came out on top, and is now here, destroying in the in the in the in the majors. You know, destroying in the schmodown. And this guy, man, he is one of my favorite rookies uh, of this whole. He actually, I'd have to say, he is my. There's no, there's no one of. He is my favorite rookie from this year, and he's one of my favorite overall competitors. He's probably in my top five, maybe even my top three competitors of all time. You know, that's how good he is, and that's how much I love this dude. So I I'm like I love Hector, you know, he he's great, but I'm thrilled to see uh Kevin make his way and just continue on. Like I said, he's got he's just got to make his way through Mike and then he'll be facing uh Rachel Cushing and that's going to be a tough one for me cuz Rachel's one of my one of my faves. And uh you know, right now she's a double champ. And so I want him to get to be able to face her, but I don't know if I want him to win. That's the thing. I'm so torn about who I would want to win in that, but no matter what, I know it's going to be a hell of a match, and I have a feeling that, uh, you know, if he's able to knock out Kalinowski, I have a feeling that the match with Rachel... This will be his first not you know, his first non knockout match. You know, I have a feeling it's going to go right to the end. He's finally going to have to answer some three point questions, and uh, and see if he can if he can hang with these uh, harder three you know these the harder questions in in round three. If he can get some of these, I hope that that he can still hang, and uh, you know, so he, he he's he's going to go down. I feel like no matter what. Uh, as one of the greats, at minimum in the inner geekdom, I don't, I don't foresee him uh, moving into the regular singles or into the teams or anything like that. Uh, you know, as we saw in the free for all, his general knowledge not great, but that's because he's focused on specifics, on the inner geekdom, and that's where he wants to shine, and that is where he is dominating, and that's where he should be dominating. So I'm thrilled to see, uh, you know, where. Where, where his career goes. As for Hector, you know, I really do think he, he seemed fairly confident when it came to the Harry Potter category. But then, 
you know, everybody was like, oh, you could respin, and I think it got into his head, and he, he even says, you know, my friends, they all stabbed me in the back, telling me to respin and all this stuff. He, he should have stayed with Harry Potter. He may have actually, uh, he may have held a chance that way. Who knows? Um, but now it, I wonder, because, you know, he didn't specifically state this at all. Uh, he kind of left it up in the air, but I wonder if Hector's going to go into full retirement now. He said, you know, at the beginning that, you know, he was in like a sort of retirement. You know, he was but wasn't, you know, it had been a while. So I don't know. You know, he, like he says, it's a young man's game. <laughs> you know, there are some vets who, who've been there for a while and they've, they've continued to do their thing. But when you step away and then you come back, it is a different game. You know, it's not the same anymore. And uh, so I'm curious uh, whether or not we'll see Hector Navarro play another match. So then we get into match number two, which is Emma Fife versus Chance Ellison. This came about uh, after Emma was kind of dogging Sam about you know stepping up as commissioner and doing his job. So uh, you know he decides he he's going to give Chance a match. Chance was ranked number nineteen. He said, "I'm going to put him up against the number eighteen ranked competitor." And, you know that makes sense. Emma was like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense." And just so happened that Emma was that number 18 uh, ranked competitor. She had not technically retired, even though she hasn't been playing. Uh, she technically was still on the roster, on the active roster. And so, you know, she decides, you know what, fine. I'll do the match. I'll face Chance Ellison. And, uh, and that's where this match comes into play. But before we get into that, we did have an opening scene. Uh, for for this video, and it was uh, William Bibiani. He was in the back. Uh, then Brendan Meyer, the kid, comes up to him, starts praising him and all this stuff. It was real awkward, but so have all their other interactions. And I want to know where this is going. Um, I I know I stated on a previous podcast that I wonder if it's following the uh, Trish Stratus, Mickey James kind of stalker route. Where, you know, Mickey James came in new and was a huge fan of Trish Stratus, but then it kind of turned and she began kind of this almost like stalker mentality where she just wouldn't leave her alone and all this stuff. And it it could go that route. I don't know what the, what the plan is, but at the moment it's just kind of weird and awkward and it's like, I don't know where this is going. Also, was Bibbs playing with a Hellraiser puzzle box? Because that's what it looked like, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's what he was uh, messing around with while he was sitting there. So I thought that was kind of cool. So for this match, Sam Levine joins uh, Mark Ellis on the table for the match, which, you know, makes sense. He, he set up this match. He is the, the singles commissioner, but he was he's more invested in this match because it was a thing that he set up. Uh, and it, And even though he says it wasn't, it does feel like it was a little bit of a kind of jab to to Emma Fife kind of like a kind of a bit of get you know getting her back for calling him out on his shit uh so it it, it makes sense that he'd be there kind of calling this match with with Ellis uh so for this match Chance Ellison has the most to lose uh I, I I was thinking about this and I'm like really if Emma loses this match it's not that big of a deal she was pretty much retired anyways She's never really, for the most part, really, she's never really cared whether or not she, she won or lost, you know? Yeah, she wants, you know, you don't ever really want to lose, 
but it, it was never something that was like, oh my god, I have to win, I gotta get a title, all this stuff. Um, but so so for this chance, really had everything to lose. You know, if, if he lost this match, it could it could really derail his entire Schmodown career. You know, he you know he came up in the fan leagues. Uh, I don't know if he was undefeated, but he was at least pretty much. I think I think he uh, was pretty much undefeated. I think he was like maybe one or two matches or something like that. Um, but he he was pretty dominant in the fan leagues, and then he came up here and his time up you know in the in the schmodowns, but a little bit kind of back and forth, little kind of underwhelming, not as good as you you know we'd been hoping for. So he had everything riding on this match. You know, and if he wins the match, he gets to face off against his rival there, Mr. Paul Oyama, who's been calling him out for weeks now uh, on the Schmodown. So Chance comes out first. He's with his corruption crew. You got uh, Ken and Grace and uh, Mike Kalinowski and all that. So, you know, they come out to uh, get him ready for his match. And then Emma comes out next, and she's doing this grease entrance as Sandra D. And I got to say, she is gorgeous. She's stunningly gorgeous, and uh, I loved this this entrance. It, it, it fit so perfectly for her personality, uh, just kind of like this kind of showy, musically type thing, and, and kind of quirky about it. I loved it. I thought it was great. So we get into the match, and Emma does not do very well here. She misses her first question. Uh, then go, you know, she hits her second one, but then goes on uh, a streak of, uh, of of misses. She ends up with only two points total uh, in this match, where Chance winds up with his first ever perfect round. Uh, and then, he, you know, he gets his bonus, which uh, the question was, what film released in 2001 the Oscar for Best Picture? Of course, it was Gladiator, which he gets. So we we go through round one, two very different outcomes for these players you got you got chance ellison just destroying going nine for nine and then you've got emma fife unfortunately only getting two out of eight points so you know it it really shows the difference like i said it doesn't it doesn't really matter that much to emma she's not in it to win it you know to as the saying goes but chance is and you know with this round he's really showing it so we get into round two, and Chance spins Kurt Russell movies and decides to re-spin. The crowd didn't seem uh, to, to like that one too much. But he lands on fantasy sci-fi, and he does okay here. He gets three out of his four questions for five points. Uh, you know, He misses his first one, and unfortunately for Emma, she's unable to capitalize on the steal for that one. And ends that portion of the round... 2 to 14. So at the end of his part of round 2, he's up by 12. You know, that's a good place to be. You know, you you want you want to be up pre- pretty high, especially when you she can only get 8 total points. So Emma spins Pixar, decides, yeah, that's not what she wants and and respins and lands on musicals, which uh, is something that she definitely uh, uh, w- was hoping for, I'm sure. 
And she actually does pretty well here. She has a solid round, answers all four of her questions for six points, goes to multiple choice a couple times, and she cuts the gap down. She, in, Like I said, in round one, it was a seven-point gap. She cuts it down to a, a six-point gap here at the end of round two, uh, eight to 14 in favor of Chance Ellison. Uh, and then so we get into round three, and that's where it all just kind of falls apart for, for Emma. She misses both her two- and three-point questions, giving Chance Ellison the win via TKO, 8-14. to 14. So, you know, Chance got his win. He gets to go on and face Paul Oyama. And Emma just gets to go back and, and be the commissioner of the teams in her geekdom. It's really no skin off of her back, really. Uh during the interview, Emma decides to use her commissionership to force Chance into uh, an upcoming Inner Geekdom four-way match, which is uh, interesting. He, you know, that's not a place that he's, you know, really been. So I'm interested to see how well he'll do and who will be in this four-way. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested. I doubt we'll see someone like a Kevin Smith since he's so far up in the ranks. You know, you don't want to risk something like that, something bringing him him down uh, there. But you know, you might get like a like an Adam Lavic or or maybe even like a Jared Haybon or something like that. You know, that could be interesting. Or Rosie could could be in there. Who knows? Uh, she, you know, she hasn't said uh, who who she's gonna put in this other than obviously Chance or what you know this is gonna lead to. It's just you know a random four way. But uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see how well he does here. Um, and the other thing, I'm surprised that she didn't actually officially retire from competition here. You know that it was nothing was ever stated or anything. I I was under the assumption that if she lost, that she was going to officially retire because that was the whole thing that she was still on active roster because she hadn't officially retired from competition, uh, and so it allowed Sam the opportunity to do this to book this match. So I was kind of shocked that she didn't say, you know what, uh, you know that that was fun, all this stuff, but I, you know I didn't do it before. I'm I'm gonna officially retire from competition now, so I can focus on because she, she talks about how she doesn't have the time. You know she's uh, a commissioner of two leagues of the teams and Intergeekdom, and she's managing the Patreon and really trying to build the Patreon, doing a fantastic job, might I add. So it, it just it really did. It shocked me that she did not retire there. Uh, so then we go over to Chance's uh, exit interview, and Ken, he, he gets on there, and he just kind of goes off uh, at, at Sam about stuff. And I got to say, angry Ken, angry Ken was so intense, and I loved it. It was so awesome to see him just get, like, you know, you see him get, like, that kind of, like, serious... Uh, loud kind of kind of kind of personality when he does stuff uh, with the schmodown, but this was like you could it was like anger you could see it you know he was seething he was frothing at the mouth as he says so I thought that you know I thought that was cool um, then you know Mike kind of talks about how Chance is entering the inner geekdom that's his house and all that stuff and he's like yeah you know he's my protege. You know, I, I, you know, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. So I got to event, you know, kind of train somebody to take over at some point, not yet, but at some point, you know, so I think that's, you know, he, he's glad that, uh, chance is going to be kind of dipping his toe, I guess you could say into the inner geekdom to kind of move his way toward there. And then grace, you know, just kind of went on and said, you know, we want Oyama and there it is. 
So Sam, you know, they go back to Sam and Mark, and Sam officially books the match, Chance for Ellison versus Paul Oyama. So that is officially going to happen. Uh, then we get an end scene with Andrew Guy in the back, and he's talking to someone, and he's like kind of praising them, saying how great they are and all this other stuff. But you don't see them. They're like behind a door. And then he goes in for a hug, and you see like the arms of this person, and you can tell it's a woman. So my thought is, is this Roxy? You know, because she is hashtag guy girl. Is this Roxy? Are they going to do like what I had suggested uh, previously? You know, maybe like an on-screen romance kind of a thing between the two of them. That could be interesting. You know, kind of go in the whole uh, Matt Hardy, Edge, and Lita storyline from back in the day in the WWE where, you know, Matt Hardy and Lita were together, then they broke up, and she got together with Edge, and they brought that into a storyline, and and so they're using the real-life stuff into a storyline, but instead of, you know, her and Guy actually being together, they're just, you know, playing off the her and Ben were together in real life, and, and kind of playing off it that way, so I think it could be interesting, really. Um, and other than other than Roxy, I have no idea who it could be. If it's somebody new, maybe, but or if it's Emma, you know, and he's got Emma in his pocket. That's really other than those two. I don't know who else it could be. So that wraps up everything for this week in in, in the Schmodown. This was a, a really a really fun week, I gotta say. Um, this, this past Saturday, we we got the Houston live event where uh, Ben Bateman and Andrew Guy went head to head, and we also saw a Double Toasted take on the Founding Fathers. So that is what I'll be talking about on next week's show because it'll be uh, gradually rolled out through the week. Um, uh, right now, for patrons, you can watch the Double Toasted Founding Fathers match. And then that'll be on the YouTube channel on Thursday. And uh, the Guy Bateman match will uh, be out this Friday. So make sure that you check uh, those out. And also there will be uh, an, ins- there's an Inside Schmodown that's up there. I think it was live from Houston. So be sure to check all of that out when you get the chance. And come back next week for another episode of Talking Schmodown. It'll be episode 20, the big two zero. So be sure to join me then. Uh, you can hop on social media. It'd be great. Uh, follow me uh, at Facebook and YouTube at uh, Merc with a Movie Blog, and on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. That's M E R C Merc. Uh, so Movie Blog Merc. Give me those. I need. I need those follows, guys. Uh, you know, I'm trying to build this brand, and I want to really kind of get the word out to to everybody. You know, I do reviews on my website. MerkWithMovieBlog.com. Uh, we have another podcast on the channel. It's called After Live. It's a Collider Live after show with some great hosts. Uh, we have Mike and Wade who are great, and we, uh, we're we bringing in some new people. We're getting a, fe- a female host uh, next, and uh, you know, it's, it's, things are really going great. And uh, I, ju- I just want to share the love of, of all this, of Schmodown, of Collider, of everything with all of you guys. So, you know, if you guys ever want to chat, just hit me up on the social media. Uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're also on Stitcher and Google Play, and I believe on Spotify now. So head on over there. 
uh, to whichever platform you use, subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps us out. Also on SoundCloud, uh, that's where I, I uh, load everything up. So, uh, yeah, just head on over to those platforms and, and give me a like, give me a subscribe. That'd be fantastic. I would be eternally grateful. And be sure to come back next week for episode 20 where we talk about the Houston Live Show. Like I said, it's going to be a great episode. So until next time, everybody, again, I am Josh the Merc Rayner, and we have been talking Schmodown.